Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along to the Outlawed Rugby League podcast, episode number 22. This episode is all about the Sunshine State, the Alligator State, whatever you want to call it. It's all about Florida, all about rugby league in Florida. Follows on nicely from the episode that I did with David Ulch, uh, obviously based in Florida. And I am joined by a special guest, someone who actually inspired me to start the podcast. I've got my beer. He's got his whiskey. Really enjoyed doing this one. Uh, really appreciate uh, my guy Nate Gladden from the Rugby League in America podcast coming on. As a native Floridian, he was the best man to talk all about Rugby League in Florida. So grab yourself a beer. If you're from his side of the uh, side of the podcasting world, grab yourself some popcorn and some whiskey. It is time for listening. Now, if you don't know who Nate is, um, Please, please, please go and search for him. Uh, search for Rugby League in America podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Obviously, listen to this one first before you go and listen to him. But yeah, like I say, he inspired me to start the podcast. Um, you know, he's given me loads of advice on on what to do, how to do it, where to record, how to record. And yeah, it's, you know, it's, it very much is. Um, I'm very grateful to, to Nate for every everything that he's given me and all the advice he's given me as well. Uh, so look, Enjoy this one. This one jumps straight into it. So it's just myself and Nate bouncing off each other, talking everything Rugby League in Florida. Hope you enjoy it. Like I say, once you've done listening to this, go and listen to Rugby League in America podcast. Cheers, guys. So welcome along to uh, someone who actually inspired me to, to start doing this podcast, Mr. Nate Gladden. How are you, my friend? I'm wonderful, brother. I'm wonderful. How are you today? I am very, very good. I'm very good. I am ready for a haircut. I can tell you that. And uh, once we've finished recording, I'm going to get that done. So yeah it's uh it's getting desperate desperate times but i am on annual leave i picked up the uh, barber shears myself and started uh, just doing my own haircut may not look great but i'm getting it i'm getting it done <laughs> i don't think my missus would appreciate me doing that so i think i Fair. i think i better get it done by the pros um but i'm on annual leave so all is good my mate all is good so obviously i reached out to you um this episode's all about florida and I, I thought who better to to kind of have this discussion with than the main man himself um, so obviously, welcome along. Yeah, you know, let's start kind of on the smallest scale, if you like. What do you kind of think makes rugby league so populous in Florida? In terms of, you know, we've got four teams in the USARL. You know, they could almost have, have their own comp, if you like. Yeah, they really could. Uh, Florida, I mean, as, as far as where they're obviously the only team outside of there is Atlanta, so it's a decent haul for the boys from Atlanta. Uh, but they do a great job of getting down there, but. Other than that, the teams are starting to spread out. We've we've had teams like the Central Florida Warriors who were there and then they went away, but you never know, maybe they could come back in the future. Um, but as far as obviously everything getting started was down in Jacksonville. They're the hub, they're the they're the heartbeat of getting the state of Florida going. Now they're all the way down to southwest Florida, which is basically if you were to look at a map, look a little bit uh, look a little bit further south of Tampa, Florida. Uh, and then Lakeland is pretty much about it. And uh, let's say 45 minutes to an hour in from the from Tampa, which you'd see if you were to look at a map, and then Tampa itself. So it's uh, where they're located for the most part. They're in central and northern Florida at the moment, uh, but uh, but yeah, the state of Florida itself has enough has enough population, has enough cities and sport, uh, love for sport and weather to go along with being able to manage the whole thing itself. Sure. Sure. No, I agree with that. And I think, you know, there's the scope to, to kind of grow as well. Obviously, we had David Ulch on not that long ago and, and he's got a big passion. And obviously he came kind of out of the Tampa setup into the Lakeland setup. So if there's more and more people like that, then, you know, the, the game can only grow. But I mean, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, Jacksonville come across as the most kind of pro side, if that makes sense. Why Why do you think that is? Well, so they started it, right? So they're the first ones. Uh, those other teams came out of there, right? So what happened, basically, Jacksonville was the first team in the south down there. The rest of them were all in the north. They were all around that Philadelphia, New York, for the for the most part, back in the day, obviously, going back to the, the origins. And they came in, and they had some really good guys. They had some really crafty ways of doing things. Uh, Drew Slover himself, he kind of comes out, I believe he comes out of kind of that marketing and sales background. So he had a little bit of a mentality of that. Then at the same time, you had a character of a man, uh, Spinner Howland, who came along. He was all about it. He's he's you know he's he he brings a certain uh, uh, he, just a spark to it. And those two like that that uh, that love that they have for the game and everything else. It came along uh, and they built it and they worked hard at developing the game down there. From there, they pretty much they kind of looked at it and they went, okay, we want to do something else. And they added in the teams in Florida, right? And then they helped add in the teams in um, helped add in the team in Tampa. I mean, sorry, in Atlanta. So. A lot of those guys out of there, they were they were sparked from this. So it was kind of like their minor league that they set up. Mm-hmm. Now those teams have worked hard and they've gotten to the point where they're they're good. But they took their lead from Jacksonville. They learned a lot from Jacksonville, um, and they did a great job with it. But uh, but Jacksonville has continued to maintain um, a professional mentality. Like the way they go about developing their team and trying to do different things, they try to approach it as if they're a professional team. Now mm-hmm. obviously they're not. They're amateur, but they're properly set up uh, with the intent of acting like a professional club to the max extent possible. Mm. Mm. And do you kind of see like the development from Jacksonville, like you say, into, into a few other teams, do you kind of see similarities going into the stuff that's going on in California? Yeah. Uh, California's complete. So it's, it's a unique thing, right? So yes and no. Um, the, I think the backgrounds are different, right? I, so it's kind of interesting because um, I think Spinner was his own version of person coming into it. And then Drew was his own version of a person coming into it. As, I mean, that's obvious, but like in the sense of how they approach the game, right? Whereas uh, Tom had played a little bit in the USA or I'd seen it, but he's, he's looking at it um, not completely different. It's not like they're reinventing the wheel. They're both still doing the same concept uh, or, co- you know, adding the same concepts. But the, the biggest difference is going to be the, um, the biggest difference is going to be like in, in California, well, more specifically. So Florida and California both have one thing in common. They have great weather, mm. right? Like for the most part, they have really, really good weather. And so because they have great weather, they have the ability to play I mean, damn near year round. But the biggest thing is going to be the cultures uh, and the demographics and everything else. So, so from a, Florida thing, they'll try any sport. Flo- football is king. I am from Florida, so obviously Texas claims that they're great, and Georgia <laughs> claims that they're great, and California and all the other ones. They all claim that they're wonderful, and they are. Uh, but I'm from Florida. I'll tell you right now, I'll take Florida football over any football anywhere in America. <laughs> um, that's just the way it goes. Um, that's like we when I was in high school, there was a Florida versus the USA game in high school and we would win so i don't feel bad about saying that um but uh but so florida does their own thing uh they've got a lot of super fantastic athletes and it's incredible the biggest difference in like northern california is the massive pacific islander native hawaiian um uh, demographic and so that lends itself to rugby in the sense of a lot of those guys grow up uh, they're already around the sport of rugby whereas florida players a lot of them grow up playing football and then they come to the sport 
Mm. Not that the other ones don't, but there tends to be a bit more of that. So they have almost everything the same. Those are those couple little unique things that are different uh, about the states. Uh, so Florida's teams can just, I mean, man, they can just really, what you get with Florida is speed. You can get, I mean, you got some big guys, but you can get lots of speed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I suppose as a as a Floridian, you're probably the best um, position to answer this. I mean, let's talk about exactly what you just spoke about there about football. So what is it about the South? And obviously, you know, stuff like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Georgia, Mississippi. What is it about those states that make them so good for football? I mean, what, what do you get fed down there? Yeah, it is, right? So it is, it is a what do you get fed, right? The game of football just matters in the South. And a part of that is temperature right part of that i mean so it matters in the midwest right like the midwest it matters a bit but when it comes down to a lot of it i mean it, not trying to sound so it's really what it comes down to a lot of it is weather right so like and how you could compare that yes um rugby league in northern england right you're going to mm-hmm. deal with a lot more wet weather and everything else you're going to like it's going to be a little harder to train in the winter months necessarily um, the time and the ball in hand, all that outside, you know, maybe a little bit less than you would get, say, in Australia, right? So they're going to get better weather. Same concept in America. For the most part, it's you can pretty much year-round go outside and toss a football, run routes, throw like when you're not playing football, you can play in the flag football season. When you can mm-hmm. play in the seven-on-seven touch, you can play all these different things. So there's maybe, I mean, man, we're talking maybe 30 days a year that you realistically can't get outside and play football in the backyard or at the local high school or something like that. So it's just easy. And then every college in America wants Florida athletes. Like they, they, they want them on the football field. So those are guys that are, they're just, like you're growing up your entire life and that's what you play. And yes, there's baseball, there's basketball, there's all these other things, but football in the King or football in the South is King. And mm-hmm. it just, it's, yeah, that's just special. Mm. No, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. And I mean, you know, obviously Americans love their contact sports and, you know, that, that exactly how I've just described their football is king. I mean, how much scope do you think there is for our great game to grow? You know, let's, let's be fair. It's never going to be as big as football and everyone knows that. But how much scope is there for rugby league to grow in Florida? I mean, it depends on what you consider a success, right? So if you consider, you know, if you consider it a success, if you have, um, if you have, can let's say in Florida, let's say you have, you have the team in Jacksonville, you have the team in Tampa, Lakeland, and Southwest Florida. Let's mm-hmm. say you threw another team, Central Florida, like over in, let's say the Orlando area, you flew, you threw a Miami team and you threw maybe a, I don't know, maybe a Fort Lauderdale team or something like that. There's there's plenty of space. Mm. But if you built it up to an 18 comp with a solid roster, um, with even if it was a youth touch rugby league built behind it, um, with, you know, maybe a couple hundred to a thousand fans at a game, I'd say that would be a very big success. Um, I think the interesting thing, I think where people, where people see things differently, right? So, or the thing that I've learned over the last couple of years, especially paying attention and looking at it is, so if you look at Australia, that's one thing. It's its own animal. And then Northern England. I think from the standpoint of um, crowds and all that kind of stuff, the numbers, I think we could catch the numbers that go to most games in England 
if the push was right and the financial backing was right really quickly. I don't think it would be hard from that standpoint, from a financial standpoint, to catch England in a matter of a decade. Like, it really wouldn't be that hard. Um, but the skills are going to take a while, right? So that kind of thing is still going to take a bit as far as the actual like, knowledge, de- deep knowledge of the game and things like that. I personally think if you have a league that is running for four months, I'm talking if this was just Florida doing it and obviously throw in Atlanta because they're a part of it I want to take about. But the state of Florida, if they ran a four-month comp, five-month comp, they played a home and away. They had 500 to 1,000 fans at the game. They played in the evenings. They played like that. You would see what you would see is a game that would be almost exclusively about just speed. It would be tons and tons of speed. It would be some big boys on the field. Mm. But it'd be hard hitting. It'd be it look like Florida version of rugby league. It would have swagger. It would have speed. Uh, it would have highlights, um, and it would take very little in the way of import players to be able to move the game around the field. Yeah, um, and and it could be fantastic. And it, but it would be, but the way that you could make it work would be to plug it in as a niche sport in the state of Florida. You'd almost want people in Florida to think they it was their own game yeah i mean you know just make it that and add a couple little things here and there and florida could really blow up with it there's a couple places that could florida's one of them that could really blow up with the game Mm. no i agree with that and and like you say i think if you can have as much kind of floridian influence on it in terms of players and everything like that you know like you said the skill level might not be there in the first instance you may have to have a couple of imports in your halves or whatever but on the flip side of that, if you've got the speed and then people can start to recognise it as almost a Florida version of rugby league, like like you say there, you know, all of a sudden it takes off. And if you can, like you say, if you can kind of end up with a, you know, six, eight teams in there with youth behind it, it kind of leads me on to what I think could be potentially a big thing and something that really, really intrigues me. So all this stuff that that, that goes on in terms of, Toronto, Ottawa, New York, obviously coming into the competition over here. It always begs the question for me, should there be a fourth team? I don't think there should be any more than four teams because I think once you get past that, it starts to become its own competition and you, you can kind of end up having eight teams as a, as a pro league. Does that make sense? So yeah. is, it, is it somewhere like Boston that you put in? Probably not because of, like I say, the weather, which is obviously the problem that Toronto have. But then you flip that on its head. Why not somewhere like Florida? You know, we haven't got a team in Miami, like you say, but it's world-renowned. Everyone knows Miami. Everyone knows Orlando, for example. It's the same time zones, everything like that, as as the likes of New York and Toronto. And it's similar flight times. So surely, if, if you were to go down that route, surely, you know, Florida would be perfect for a fourth team in, in Northern England. So the, the biggest thing with Florida is the travel. Like it's a like that's a long way. That's the biggest thing is is the travel for the Florida teams getting over uh, up north. Because I've had I've, I've actually so this has actually come up. This is off the record come up. Like uh, won't say too much, but I'll say that this has actually been something that I've kind of sniffed around and heard things about in the past about a professional team trying to put in and get into somewhere in the state of Florida. And the biggest thing with trying to be a part of the English game is so one nobody's from. Miami's going to go to England and yeah. I don't mean that in an arrogant way I just mean like like there's like a people in Miami 
I'm from Florida. I love Florida with all my heart, but people from Florida don't usually leave Florida that much. Like they don't, they don't leave Florida much. So they're not going to go anywhere. Um, so a team like Miami would be good. A team like Orlando would be good. Tampa, like you have to have a big international airport where teams can get yeah. to very easily. Uh, but it's, it's a long travel. Miami's all the way down. So, I mean, it's, you're talking a, you're talking a hell of a travel game. Uh, they're going to have to go directly into the pro leagues. They're not going to come up through the, they're not going to, they're not going to tolerate going into league one. They're not going to tolerate going into championship. They'd have to go straight to the top yeah. right away yeah. and be able to compete immediately. Um, it's just one of those things like to me, I think the, I think one of the most dangerous things. So if England, want, if the super league wanted to have a team in from Florida, I think it would be the worst decision because people in Florida won't necessarily, unless you have a lot of American players on that team, they mm. won't care. They won't go to the game. There's too many other things in Miami to do than go yes. to a game. That they don't understand from a, from an international professional level. Uh, but Funny enough, if they were all American-based teams, then they would probably go. Like you'd be able to get some more people there. But because yeah. it'd be against teams from England, they wouldn't know who they are. They wouldn't understand. Whereas if you get a little further north, you've got a little bit more, maybe a little bit more connection to Europe and stuff like that. You can get it uh, easier flying. Florida's the one where it's just it's it's very far, and the the it's just a different thing. Like. It's, it's a different, like hockey doesn't always have the ability. Baseball doesn't always have the ability to pull people in. Basketball doesn't always have the ability to attract people. I mean, I grew up in Florida. I can, I can honestly tell you, I haven't paid attention to one Florida team in so many years. It's not even funny except for the Dolphins. And even, and it's like, it's just a different thing. Florida di- has a different sports attendance mentality um, about it. Mm. Mm. That sounds crazy, but it's, but it's true. It's just its own thing. No, it's interesting because that's one of the things that really kind of intrigues me is you go state to state and people's opinions, people's kind of perceptions and and exactly how I've just described there, how people support sports is completely different. I mean, you move to Texas and again, it's completely different. And that's one of the things that intrigues me with the likes of uh, obviously New York going into, into the Super League, well, not into the Super League, sorry, but into um, the English League. And also, I think just taking off what you just said there, if you're having teams coming across from England, for example, it needs to be from cities that people understand and people know of. Because let's be fair, how many, you know, how many people in Florida know of Wigan? How many people in Florida know of Castleford? They they don't. You know, let's be no, fair. It's, but they've heard of Manchester, they've heard of London, you know, everyone knows Manchester United. In, yep. in soccer so and obviously you know we're seeing that with the influence of David Beckham with a new Miami MLS team as well so right. I think kind of going back to the original question for me I think it, it it would work but only if there's ABC or XYZ in place like for example teams being called Manchester which we all know yes. people complain about and there's a, a loud minority that, that don't want that so yeah it's it's a difficult one but I'm how that much... would change. That helps a little bit. That helps a little bit. Mm. Mm. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's going to be the the saving grace, and it's not going to be the the be all and end all answer to it. But it kind of starts to turn a few screws and and turn a few cogs, definitely. Oh, completely. Um, but I mean, you know, just going back to the amount of footballers that come out of Florida, and obviously the amount of footballers that don't make it to the NFL or to the S to the CFL. How much? 
can rugby league kind of tap into that, especially in Florida, especially in kind of the likes of Florida and Texas, for example? How much can they tap into that to get players across that don't quite make the cut? I think that is the that is the answer, right? So for for England, so the way I look at England is I really enjoy if I can find a Super League. It's really hard to watch Super League. Like they, I'm not being mean. They do a piss poor job of marketing their product or showing us anything over here. Like we can get very little. Uh, my they, they, they do it over my, here. Yeah, it's my interest over here. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Well, my interest in Toronto has like this year. They have Sonny Bill Williams. They're in the Super League. I'm supposed to be a lot more excited. I'm really not as excited this year because I can't see them as easy. So it's a lot mm. harder for me to watch them. So because it's harder for me to be able to pay attention, I'm just getting updates on Facebook. So it's like, oh, okay, all right, I'll kind of look at it a little bit, but it's not as exciting as it was leading up to it, right? Uh, yeah. I was amped until until opening day, and I realized I can hardly be able to see anything. So now I've lost interest. Um, and, and that's just because – I because I can turn on the NRL and watch every single game, right? So yeah. uh, so I have that option. So there it is. Or I can watch a, a maybe a League One game randomly being streamed on Facebook or something like that. So, But now back to Florida, though, because this is really important. If I were teams from England, I would be coming to the state of Florida and I would be looking to recruit those players because you have to understand, the guy that's the, let's say, the 10th through 15th best player on the team in the state of Florida at a, at a, at a, at a good high school, at a good, not a great, a good high school. Yeah. He's going to be going to a division two college football team probably. Uh, and he's going to be all about it, but you may be able to start recruiting them and catch them and be like, Hey, you can come to England and you can get into the sport. The, at the skill level of the players in England is obviously higher. But the athleticism of the players in England is absolutely not. The athleticism of the player pool in Florida is can compare against anybody, no, like compare against anyone. And so that's like, and that's anywhere in the world. There's nobody that can produce at like. There's nothing that says that athletes cannot be produced from those places, right? Like that's just that's a simple thing. But then the idea that you can get somebody in when you lose a lot of talent to Australia, you need to bring it from, you know, from other places, but you could easily bring them in, set them up with a championship or league one side, get them a year or two. And you can get a guy 18 years old who wants to take a chance and he wants to play professional sport and he wants to see something different and travel the world. You could get them into their programs, 18 years old, throw them down there and they're going to play a ton of games at that lower level. And in two years, they're bringing them up. And where that's really, really big for England, and this is where it's a massive benefit, is they're going to, after you get a couple of years, you get an opportunity to take a shot at playing. Well, if you make it, there are going to be people that want to see the American play. So they'll yeah. show up and watch. And if the American does good, they'll maybe buy his jersey or mm-hmm. you know, they'll buy a team hat or they'll start following him. And they're, all of a sudden, they're paying attention to your team. It's, it's, it's marketing. It's I mean, it's fairly simple and straightforward, but it's it's just it's attention. And so and if that works, that that player, he starts talking about the sport he's doing. He's talking about all these other things. And then where that's big is because now you've opened up a pipeline They can go back to that same school district year after year after year and pluck guys right out of high school. And they figure out a program and then go, OK, you're going straight in. This is how you're going to learn the game. You're going to go play for. I'll just use it because I, I, I'm just using this as an example. You're going to go play for uh, the Barrel Raiders 
and this is the team that we've got to set up with. I, I'm just using that. And then yeah. you're going to be down there and you're not, you're going to play an entire year and then you can come to the tryouts for the full team. So you'll do the preseason with the, with the, with a, a super league side or something like that. You maybe get some scrimmages in here and there, and then you're going to go down and play at this league level. And you're going to, after one year, if you dive deep into it, you're going to come back and you're going to have a chance the next preseason to possibly make the, uh, the first team roster. And if they make it, they make it. And if they don't, they don't, but teams win all the way around and the players win all the way around and the state of Florida gets, better. everybody gets a little better. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, you know, I was listening to one of your episodes not that long ago, and I understand there's a guy who is American-born and bred who's playing over in uh, in the AFL, Aussie Rules. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's now showing on TV in America because people are going, well, I want to watch the American. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of the, the feel that you're going for. And, and it really frustrates me that you guys don't get the Super League and you guys don't get, you know, the championship and stuff like that because time zone-wise, it's a hell of a lot easier to watch than the NRL. You know, yes. rather than getting up at five o'clock in the morning, you can get up at a reasonable time and actually watch a game. Oh, if they if they didn't geoblock Super League and they put it out, even if they just put it on YouTube or they put it on Facebook, if you if they had a YouTube stream, which this would not be hard to figure out as far as putting this into rules, it's it's really not. But if they were to have a YouTube stream and they were able to stream that out live, put that out there. They could easily market that, flood the flood social media with, boom, here you go, check out Rugby League, all this kind of stuff, show a, big hits, and go into it, and then have that playing. And it could just be open for North America. And it doesn't matter if it's a lower-level game or if it's the full-sided game, but you could put that on, and you could see this game being played, and people would be paying attention to it. They would watch it. They would love it. They would love the game. But they'd have to give it away. They have to. But right, and you know, it's funny because I've talked to some people over there. I've talked to some. I've talked to two people inside the RFL, and they're like, "Yeah, but if we give it away, we're not making anything." I'm like, "You aren't making anything now. You you make zero dollars in America right now. There are zero dollars being spent on anything from like. I'm probably one of the only people that buys stuff that has anything to do with rugby league in England, mm. and and that's out of 400 million people." So, but if you start to give that game away, you start to stream it, you start to talk about that. That they get to see Sonny Bill Williams, they get to see Hull versus like Hull KR versus Hull FC. They get to see Wigan versus St. Helens. They get to see these kind of games. They're going to pay attention. Like people will like it. They'll start telling their friends about it, and they'll start their own little thing. And then it's that's how you get it in there. And even the state of Florida, if you start recruiting these players. And their games are being streamed on on a YouTube feed, and their families can watch the game. They're going to start talking about it. Like that's what they're going to start doing. Mm. Mm. No, I agree with that. And you know, it's it, it very much is a small mindedness um, kind of outlook that that Rugby League has in 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 England. Uh, and I don't mean it in a negative way. It's just in a, in a straightforward way. I'm just meaning it as a blunt. No, agree. Problems. Absolutely, no, 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 I completely agree, and and you know it's it's not a it's not a dig or a bash or anything like that. It is just pure facts because that you know I imagine you you can easily watch the the Premier League, so soccer Premier League over there, and yeah, you know, we. we we can easily access stuff like the NFL, NBA. So it's it's just little things like that. Why can't we kind of like I say tip it over the edge? Just give a little. Even if it is just a little, even if it's one game a week, where you just tip over the edge and go, look, have a go in this, have a look at this, what's this about? 
and then all of a sudden, like you say, it kind of it kind of snowballs. But um, one thing that interests me about Florida is I wouldn't I w- I'm not going to use the word lack of rugby because that's not the right word to use, but the lack of um, professional rugby. So there's no major league rugby there uh, currently. I know there are talks of, of putting a side in there, but does that yeah. give us more of an advantage to be able to grow our gang? Do you think? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. I mean, people in America, like most Americans couldn't tell you the difference. I mean, sure, between sure. union and league, right? So like to them, it doesn't. So if, so the MLR, for instance, Major League Rugby, Major League Rugby could put games on TV and people could hear all about it and they could start to pay attention to it. And then Rugby League could come along and start the exact same thing and call it the exact, like they could call it, I mean, they couldn't, but like legally, but they could say Major League Rugby, start the same thing with 10 different teams playing league rules and people would watch that and be like oh that's cool i'm watching this now and they would just shift because it's not an ingrained game right the people that it's ingrained in are going to be people that already play the game of rugby that may be traditionalist because they're originally from england or they've been they're 45 50 and they've been playing the game since they were in college uh, and it's what they know and it's what they do um you know people like that may Mm. but for the most part yeah they're going to be willing to pick it up and and, and so I used to coach college rugby and I can tell you that they're the guys that I coached. I love those guys. They were awesome. And those guys loved the game, but I would say well over half of them never watched a game of rugby. They played yeah. it because they just didn't watch it because they didn't want to, or because they were learning the game and they didn't even understand all the rules of rugby union. So rugby league would be super easy to learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And, and that's one of the things that excites me about our game is um, take this the right way, but the, the simplicity, the, put my teeth in. Oh, God, the, yeah. The simplistic nature of it. You know, it's, it's easy to pick up from a, a, um, a spectator perspective because, you know, like you say, there's, there's a hell of a lot of rules in, in football. But if you can kind of grasp the, the, the basic rules of, of football, you can watch it. And it's the same with soccer. And, it's this, and I personally think it's the same with rugby league. You kind of, if you try and describe rugby league to an American, you say, "Look, it's very similar to the NFL. You've got six downs as opposed to four. You know, you you can punt it, you kick it. You know, penalties and that kind of idea. Um, you score, you score four points for a touchdown, and you can you can use. That's the thing that frustrates me is people don't necessarily use American terms for Americans, and they always kind of turn around and go, "No, it's called a trial. No, it's rugby league." And it's, it's like just right. Let them have a little bit. Because if you kind of use call it a touchdown, what harm is it doing? Because if you can relate that back to the sport that you love, then all of a sudden you're going to pick up our sport a bit easier. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I talked to people. I just talked to somebody the other day. Some guy was like coming by to like check the air conditioning system and all these other things, doing like a checkup or whatever. And uh, in the middle of that, he said something about, you know, you watch any sports. And so I'm, I'm actually a, I'm into the game of rugby. And he's like, oh, I've heard rugby before. And I was like, yeah. And so so all I said was the game of rugby. And he goes, can you explain? I was like, yeah, yeah. So there's six downs instead of four. So I said rugby. And then I started explaining rugby league. And I was explaining it very basic. And he's like, oh, yeah. cool. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I was like, dude, it's hot. You want to? I was like, you, you, you check all those. I was like, dude, I got a game on TV. You want to? You just want to come in and see it for a sec? Just cool down, chill. And you're like sitting out here. He's like, yeah, yeah, why not? grab your lunch come sit in the house man just just watch the game like i know i wasn't supposed to but whatever i didn't care like just sit right here watching so he sat right there like just chill and sat down and ate his sandwich and watched a game of rugby i don't even remember what i think it was it was uh i just because i had the tv hooked up so i just put on the uh 
watching it around and I just threw on the game. I think it was the it was oh my god, uh, the Storm and the Roosters from this past weekend. So I just tossed sure, it on, sure. boom, threw it on, and just like here you go, it's just on. I was like, see how they're doing that? It's kind of like punting on fourth down, but they do throw it on six, but they're just moving. That's basically the line of scrimmage. They have to back, like explain. He's like, that's really cool, man. I was like, yeah, man, it's cool. I was like, yeah. There you go. So yeah, if you ever want to watch a fun game, just YouTube rugby league and start watching. And then I explained, I was like, it's a couple differences. This is rugby versus rugby league. I was like, rugby's really good, but rugby league is better because it's easier for you to understand. And this is how, and cool. like, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, that was it. That was, that's all it was. And he sat down for 15 minutes, watched the game and he was totally cool. He, it made sense to him. So. Mm. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think it's, um, it's so easy to to kind of pick up and you don't need to know the, the whole rules of it. I mean, me and my missus, she has a, a season pass with me at Hull FC, but she doesn't necessarily know all the rules, but she knows what's going on. Um, which, you know, which which is pretty cool. But I mean, back to back to Florida then. I mean, how important do you think Florida is to the national team? Because let's be fair, most of the, the Hawks games are played out of Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, how important is it? I think it's very important. I think... I almost think you. It, it doesn't mean that big guys couldn't come from Florida. It doesn't mean that little guys can't come from, like, say, California or whatever, or from Delaware right. or something. But you have so many skill position athletes. Speed is a massive part of sports in Florida. Um, you know that kind of thing. You could you could focus heavily on developing the game of rugby league from an American perspective, and, and this would translate to everywhere, but because a lot of players do happen to come from that region or whatever, um, or, or let me rephrase it, they have the ability to play year-round, so that's a massive a bonus that they have. Mm-hmm. You could almost say, hey, our style, like we don't have a brand or a style yet. We haven't, we haven't done that yet. We have not done that as a country, and that's something that I'd like to see. And I believe our style and our brand should be that we want to try to be physically fit which we can achieve right now you got to play the game and understand and learn the game to be able to you know deal with the cardio side and all the other things but uh but from that standpoint it's we want to be as fast as we can like we're all about speed we'll bang in the middle but we want so much speed on the outside and florida produces that and that's one of its biggest advantages is the skill players in football that come from Florida, come from the South in general, but especially the state of Florida. And I think that's what you could do is you could say, hey, the national team, our job, we are going to be looking to get the most physically fit, speed-based players, and we're going to dive in. And that would really benefit Florida. They would get a lot. you know. Whereas California, you may get a lot of the guys that are going to be you know, some of the bigger guys, but they're still able to move, right? So you, some of your bigger guys may come from the northern teams. They may come from the team out west, a lot of Polynesians and stuff like that. But you're going to get a lot of that speed from the state of Florida. And that's that's something that could be special. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. And I think it, like you say, it really helps that the national team almost has their national stadium, if you like, out of Jacksonville. Because it's yeah. it just, you know, like you say, they can play there all year round, pretty much. Um, you know, you can play in the in the back end of the season in, in all your internationals and everything like that. But for me as well, I think I think Florida's kind of a, a one of the ideas I had with Florida. So you're unfortunately, I'm really sorry to say, a Dolphins fan. Um, <laughs> it's but, been a tough life. <laughs> yeah, 
But, um, you know, you, you ask anyone over here that, that might not necessarily follow the NFL, you ask about, you know, a, an NFL team and they'll name the Patriots, they'll name the Dolphins, they'll name the Cowboys. They probably won't name teams like the Browns. They probably won't name teams like my team, the the, uh, the Panthers. But they they know that kind of branding in terms of stuff like the Dolphins. Yeah. So if you if you were to have, for example, the Rugby League Nines World Cup in Florida, and I don't know, out of the wide world of sports in Orlando, for example, or out of, you know, it, it probably wouldn't work, but out of hard rock in, in Miami, do you mm-hmm. think that that people would? Obviously, you're going to have to have the Hawks there, and you're going to have to have a um, a women's team there as well. Do you think people would turn out for that? I think they would. I think the biggest thing is marketing, right? And so, you're not going to feel hard rock. Like you're not going to feel a stadium that big. You're not going to feel any. You're not going to feel a stadium bigger uh, in America. And I think this is a realistic thing, and it's not a bad thing, right? The the turnout they had out in Perth is probably what you'd get in America. Yeah. But that's not bad, right? Like people think of that from a standpoint of numbers, right? Like you're not gonna fill out um you're not gonna fill out eighty thousand people to watch rugby league in the United States, not for a very long time, not for fifty more years. Um, but that's okay, it doesn't have to, right? Because there are these soccer stadiums where you yeah. can work on focusing on filling those up. And that's more realistic, right? Because then if it's like rugby league nines all that material they have of nines games, they can show that. They can use that as marketing. That hits everybody's Facebook and Instagram feed and TikTok and it hits Snapchat. It's all these feeds that, and this pops out and it's on the local TV and they start celebrating it and all these different things. They, you know, a couple months out and you start buying your tickets and you make it an event, right? Buy your tickets. This, these DJs will be playing at this event. This, these will be the, you know, this will be going on. This will be, it has to be done at a big level. You have to. But Florida is the right place to be able to do it at a big level. And it's going to be like, oh, by the way, while you're watching these DJs, while you're drinking and partying in the stands, while you're here for these events, also there's going to be rugby, uh, rugby league nines being played on the field. And you're going to see the greatest stars from all over the world. So you're going to hear all the accents from all over the world. You're going to see teams from Australia. There'll be teams from Samoa. There'll be teams from Fiji. There'll be teams from England. And your Americans are going to be out. Like Then you can market it. Um, mm. And you got to market it that way. But you, you got to look at the, the, the big event that happened. So Rugby Sevens goes to Sam Boyd Stadium, or it did, in, in Vegas. And they just got decided to move it, which I think was a terrible idea. But that was an event. People went mm. to that for a week of partying in Las Vegas. It was an awesome time. It was, I'm going to get to see a couple days of rugby, uh, rugby sevens, have a great time, party, cheer for the Americans, but watch all these teams hang out in the stadium. And Sam Boyd Stadium, I think, held 20,000 people. And they'd have a really good turnout. And they made it an event. Same thing. You can do that in Miami. You can do that in Tampa. You can do that in Orlando. You go to one of the soccer stadiums. You play there. Or you can play in a big ass high school. Like I'm talking, there. I can assure you, there are stadiums in Florida, high school stadiums that they play in Florida that are as big as any stadium that any rugby league team has played. Sure. In pretty much anywhere, um, as far as like crowd wise capacity. Yeah. Uh, not not like amount available to sit, but the amount of like people packed into a stadium. So you've got a ton of options, uh, and I think it can work. I 100% believe rugby nines like. 
I think those kind of events should be held in the United States. That's how you'll build it is you're mm. going to bring it and put it in a place and go, this is the hotbed for the sport. Okay. Let's build this hotbed. And mm. um, I'm glad that you touched on kind of facilities there because, you know, you look at it, you've got three NFL teams, you've got two MLS teams, uh, like you say, countless university or college facilities, NBA. Mm-hmm. I know obviously we're not going to be playing inside, but you know, you've got NBA, you've got NHL as well, but you know, you could almost have a full rugby league world cup 13s just in Florida. But I, you know, I, I personally thought, I personally thought that 2025 was probably a bit ambitious. And I know obviously that's, that's probably not going to go ahead, but would you not agree that, look, let's look at it this way. So England against New Zealand pulled in circa 20,000 fans, but on TV, it looked shit because they were playing out of the Bronco stadium, which is, you know, near enough 80,000. And all of a sudden you go, what on earth's happening here? It looks empty. But you yes. put that into a, like I say, into a soccer, a soccer stadium. So you put that into, I don't know, Orlando Stadium, which is 30,000 over a couple of days. And, and all of a sudden, like you say, it's, it's a couple of days of, of men's and women's rugby league. And it's nine, so it's quicker and it's more exciting and it's more of a, a carnival atmosphere. I think that all of a sudden you take what happened in Sydney, for example, for the Nines World Cup. You put that into somewhere like Orlando. Of course, you've got to have the the right marketing, everything like that. But you're not you're not being too ambitious, like you say, trying to put it at, at Raymond James or at, at Hard Rock or anything like that. You're putting it at a 20, 25, 30,000 seat stadium. You've got people coming in and out and you've got to give them that freedom to come in and out as well. Because again, from my perspective, a lot of kind of stuff that Rugby League does, once you leave the stadium, you can't come back in, but Americans might not like that. But if you kind of have that freedom of being able to come in and out, come and watch the, like I say, the teams that you want to watch, come and listen to the accents that you want to listen to. And all of a sudden, personally, I think that's how we build our game in America because you, you can then grow from nines into 13s. Would you not agree? I completely agree. And I think one of the biggest things that, and I've told people this in Australia and I've told them in England and they don't like this. The only thing that, the only thing that they need to be in charge of is what happens for 80 minutes on the ground during that game. That is it. Nobody understands our marketing. Nobody understands our hype. Nobody understands any of that. We don't understand yours, right? Like if we brought our version of it over, I think it would work, but I, for an event, but it wouldn't work for like an entire season. Right. So it has to be done the American way. And that's the biggest thing, but you could bring over an event, but it would basically be like, Hey, we're bringing these teams and we're playing on that field. We're playing our rules, but we need you to hype it. And then you could actually hype the game. And I think that's one of the big things is when they're like, Oh, well, I don't want to pay for this. Nope. You're going to, if you're going to come to America, you're going to pay American prices and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to put on the event in the American way. And if you don't do it that way, it won't work. But if you do it that way, even if it's against what may feel comfortable, it's how it could possibly work. That's, that's the biggest thing. Um, like if I moved to Northern England, I would fall directly in line with how the game is played there and how it's watched and absorbed there. Cause I'd want, I'd be like, Oh, this is the way that the locals do it. This is how I'm going to do it. All right. I'm going to yeah. go to the stadium. Maybe rainy and cold. And we're going to sit out here and have a beer. And we're going to watch with 10,000 people in the stands. This is cool. Like this is going to be the, the version that I love because this is the country that I'm in. But in America, if you tell somebody they're going to sit out in a cold rainy day, and watch rugby league and there'll be 10,000 people in the stands be like, well, is it on TV? Cause I ain't going to a game like that's, <laughs> and I wouldn't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go watch a game in the rain, in the cold. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Like, cause I don't have to, I'm in America. Yeah. 
yeah, no, I agree. And I've watched in some horrendous conditions. Um, and again, there's some facilities that we use over here that are um, lacking, to say the least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you say, it's got to be done um, kind of the, take this the right way, but it's got to be done the over-the-top American way. And, yeah. you know, you look at you look at stuff like college football and, and for example, you know, um, the amount of people that come out to watch Virginia Tech play or the amount of people that come out to watch Michigan play or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you know, these are these are people that aren't necessarily even at the university. These are people in the local area. These are people that are uh, alumni of, of, of those universities. So you get old guys, you get young guys, you get young girls. And and it is just that kind of, again, back to that carnival um, over the top atmosphere that, that all of a sudden, because it, it, it doesn't take away from the sport that's going on. But like you say, it builds everything up. And people might be in, you know, in the car parks and whatever and, and having what, am I right in saying it's called tailgating? Oh boy. Yes. <laughs> so Listen, you, yes, you got to think if you want fun, you go to, you go down to Florida and you go to a football game. We go anywhere. You go to Virginia, you said Virginia tech. I want you to go to watch a football game in Virginia tech. And I want people to understand. So imagine flying in. If you were to try to get to Virginia tech from anywhere, pretty much, you're going to fly into the local little Blacksburg airport. But to give you an idea, I would guess the population, I'm going to guess the population of Virginia Tech or of Blacksburg, I would guess it's probably the around the size, maybe not even the size uh, of the stadium capacity. So, mm-hmm. and it's a school out in the middle of nowhere, right? We're talking hours. We're talking, if you want to get there from a major city or from a larger town, larger city, you're going to drive five hours, six hours, right? That stadium will be, have a, they will have a tailgate party that would probably have 10 to 15,000 people outside before the game, if not more. And then on a, on a Saturday night at seven 30, when that stadium's rocking and it's starting to actually register as an actual seismic event and they're playing enter the Sandman and the crowd's going, I'm getting chills right now. I've seen it in person. And the crowd is walking in and they see the, the football players all padded up and they're walking from their locker room and they're walking all the way there and they run out holding that American flag and they burst onto the scene and the fireworks are going and the fans are screaming and the whole place is jumping and they go insane. And you realize that 80,000 people just descended on a small town in the middle of nowhere by all means necessary and they just made it an event and they're going to do that multiple times inside of a four-month period and all of a sudden you realize the insanity of how much we love sport in america and that's college ball in the middle of nowhere in virginia Mm. no it's it is phenomenal and i mean i've watched kind of i've watched a little bit of college football but i've watched that exactly how you just described there they're they're touching the hokey stone Oh yeah, uh, so you know, you've got the stone. So the stone is in Clemson. You talking about that stone? When they run down the hill? No, no, no. In Virginia okay. Tech. Are you talking about the hokey one? Then okay, yep. I was just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. There's some. You you ever want a real event? You come to Florida. You come watch football anywhere in the South. A couple places in the North, but almost anywhere in the South. Uh, and I, I will take you, uh, yeah, I would take you to some events. You go watch a game down in Miami or Florida or Florida State or any of them. But, man, you're talking Georgia, all of those, Clemson. You're talking it, – it, 
I, it's funny. I don't watch that much pro football in America because to me it doesn't have the it doesn't have the excitement. I know that it's great football, but if you want excitement and passion, go watch a college football game. It will blow. I've known some people from overseas that have watched it and they're like, man, I can't believe that goes on on a Saturday. I'm like, yep, that's a Saturday. Like you want to start drinking at nine and, and be watching TV and throwing a football and having, you know, barbecue at nine, you know, nine 30 in the morning, feel free. You want to go drink all day and hang out. And then you want to go into the stadium and scream for three hours, come out and keep the party going all night. Let's do it. Like that's a, that's a normal Saturday in the South. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. And that is why I think that the uh, rugby league nines world cup would succeed in Florida. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And if, if anyone kind of wants to see that, I think there's a, a YouTube um, clip of Virginia Tech and, and just, just put it into YouTube. And it is just genuinely hair raising. Um, and it, it really does give you, give you tingles. But look, Nate, I really appreciate you coming on, my friend. Um, I'm going to leave this one here because I, like, like I said at the beginning, I've got a hair, haircut book. <laughs> I don't want to miss my spot. Um, but look, I really appreciate you coming on, um, talking everything rugby league, more specifically talking everything, obviously Florida rugby league as well. Um, but look, really appreciate it. And, it. and to be fair, if no one, if you're listening to this and you, you've got to the end and gone, who on earth is this guy? First of all, <laughs> go and give your head a shake, give yourself a wobble. And second of all, finish listening to this and go and search for rugby league and American podcast. And you will not be disappointed. I appreciate it, brother. I really do. No, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time, and I will uh, I will catch you on the flip side, my friend. Absolutely, brother. We'll do this online soon. Good man, good man. All right, brother. Take care. See ya.